Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your leading home for fantasy basketball analysis. Uh, they have some of the best tools, best projections, uh, one of the best scheduling um, applications that I have ever used. Uh, HashtagBasketball.com. They just released their premier tools. You can now sync your Yahoo League with their tools to help you win your league or pre- even just prepare for your draft. Um, go check out HashtagBasketball.com. Go check out their tools. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael. Are we ready for another public service announcement? Ooh, what what is the what is this public service announcement? So people who want to join our listener leagues have only about one week left to get in them because we need a little bit of time to organize those bad boys before the season that, starts. So that is correct. So if you are interested in playing in a listener league with us people, you need to go over to our Patreon and subscribe immediately. Yes. Um, that is patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want to get in that listener league, those spots are almost full and we're going to be doing the draft here pretty soon. So if you need to get in the, if you really want to get into one of those listener leagues, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. But even if you don't, when you get into one of the listener leagues, you can still subscribe and get exclusive content in the lead up to the season and uh, as the season progresses. So we've already uh, I published my Roto tier rankings there. That's exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, there's a couple uh, mock drafts that we have done with other industry experts that are also exclusive. Uh, the results of the podcast to that are exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, Tyler, are you are you ready for another who do I draft segment? Whom do I draft with whom, Michael? Whom will Tyler be drafting? Uh, this is uh, the return of one of our most popular segments last season. Uh, we are taking the top players, the guys in the first round, and uh, we are kind of imagining what we the the team that we would build around these players. Uh, we are looking at a head to head nine cat snake draft type of league. We, you know, we're, we're going to, we'll talk about auction. We'll talk about Roto here and there during the podcast. But the perspective that we're coming from is a head to head league where we're probably building a punt strategy. Um, and we are going to be doing a snake draft with 12 teams. So we will be picking, um, at spot number 10, we are going to be picking at the turn, uh, not purely at the turn. So that I guess that would be 12, Tyler. But um, we're going to be picking right outside of the top tier players. And this is uh, basically a, pos- a position that you really like to draft it. Uh, well, I think that this spot gives you two studs, right? And it, and it gives me the absolute best player in the second round which is a strategy i like to have right if i can have the absolute best guy in that second round i feel like i've got instead of one ace i I feel like maybe i have two aces to build my team around if i pick anywhere here in this 10 11 12 range 
Yeah, I feel like in years past, I, I've really enjoyed taking on the turn. This year, I feel like almost that level of talent um, is in that seven, eight, nine spot. You're starting to see, you're also starting to see guys like Steph Curry fall into the seven, eight, nine, even even ten spot, which is absolutely absurd. This is a we're gonna give this public service announcement. A lot of public service announcements tonight. Um, but we're going to give it out early and often just in case this is one of the uh, podcasts you catch before your draft. Steph Curry per game is one of the top three fantasy players in the league. And if he plays 75 plus games, even if he plays 70 plus games in totals, he's still going to be a top five player. Well, no doubt. And in a roto league, Michael and I talk about this from time to time. In a roto league, it's really hard for me to pivot away from Steph Curry, even with the number one pick. Like you just look at him; he's so good per game. He's you know, incredible, and he's just fun to root for too. Like I mean, I think I talk about this maybe more than you do, Mike. Is like at some point I just want to enjoy my team, and I don't know about you, but I love watching Steph Curry. Yeah, he's actually he's, he, I, a lot of hate out there, I think, sometimes for Steph Curry. And I don't think I've ever been a Steph Curry hater at all. He's It's just fun to watch threes go in, and he's elite at that. He's elite at free throws. He's uh, very good at assists. He's very good at rebounds and steals. And obviously, he scores a ton. So, uh, you know, coming from a point guard situation, and now you talk about Roto, your turnovers and your percentages are all high. So he's... Obviously, if he's falling to you here at the 10 spot, no matter the league you're in, Steph Curry's the guy to take. Yeah, and I mean, we can kind of give the list, right? Like, there's a certain group of players I'm taking over all these guys. You know, um, I think you and I both got the question about Carl Anthony Towns and the worry about him a little bit today. And I'm like, dude, Carl Anthony Towns is like in my top five. If any of these guys slip, for whatever reason, your draft just, I don't know, someone's big on Jokic and someone's big on Westbrook and, like, all these guys start going ahead of people and you're sitting there, like, don't overthink it. Just take the guy who's falling. Yeah, I think there is a consensus top nine. And if anyone out of that top nine falls, and the, and those are the guys we are actually going to be doing who do I drafts about. Usually we – this one is the exception where we just do the uh, – the the number of the pick and and we just kind of debate on who we're going to take at 10 because I think there is a legitimate debate to have uh, but we're going to be basing the players that we have available on our uh the Yahoo ADP draft so you know when when Tyler is looking for that pick at number 10 I'm not going to let him have Steph Curry he might get it in a random mock every once in a while but Steph Curry is going 5 in uh, Yahoo so uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to let you have um, Steph Curry here. I might just might let you have Russell Westbrook, but um, I think there is just a consensus top nine. And once you get to 10, you've now opened it up into the second tier. And there's a group of guys um, who you can pick from. And I think there's probably like three, three guys, maybe, maybe four. I don't know if t- what Tyler has. But I have three guys here that I would take at number 10. But uh, Tyler, I'll, uh, this is your pick. I'm going to let you go for it. Um, so I, I think that this pick comes down a little bit to what, what I like to call risk tolerance. And so 
what is that what does that phrase mean risk tolerance risk tolerance is basically how much risk are you willing to take right because i mean i ask people this all the time right like well what team are you trying to build are you trying to build the safest team um if i want the safest player on the board at this spot i think you go damian lillard We've seen Damian Lillard be great for a lot of seasons and play almost every game for a lot of seasons. I feel like at 10, that's a real solid pick. Um, other guys I would be considering would be Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If I'm making the pick by myself, I'm probably taking Kawhi Leonard. Um, I feel fine about Kawhi Leonard's health for this season. Um, if you people go to ESPN and read that injury piece, you might not feel great about Kawhi Leonard's health long-term. But for this season, I think he wants to get paid. I think he wants to get a big contract, so he's going to try to stay and play as much as he can. Yeah, I'm a little less worried. And, and every day that goes by and every day I see Kawhi um, doing something basketball-related, I get less worried about Kawhi Leonard's health. Um, and that's, I think, the you hit it on the head. It's about risk-reward. Probably in this spot, Kawhi Leonard's the best fantasy player, if healthy. Um, he's well, a top, and- he's a top five, six talent in fantasy and in Roto. He's even better. Um, he's an all around stud. He, he's basically like Jimmy Butler on steroids. You did the Steph Curry thing, right? Like if you said, if you promised me 70 games of Steph Curry, he's a top five player. If you promised me 70 games of Kawhi Leonard, he's probably a top six or seven player, right? Yeah. He's probably in that seven, eight range. Like I, like if you're telling me I can have, if I know I'm going to get exactly 70 games with Kawhi Leonard, or I can have whatever season Nikola Jokic gives me, give me Kawhi Leonard. I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about that one. That's pretty close to me, but uh, I'll probably still take Kawhi here uh, on, in that particular case. That's what I mean. Cause well, and here's the difference. Six points a game. Like Kawhi Leonard's probably going to score like 25. Jokic is probably going to score somewhere in the 19 points. A game range. Yeah, and I think here at the turn, you have to take a swing uh, because you're just not getting the the Anthony Davis, James Harden, Carl Anthony Town. You're not getting that caliber of player at all. And I think, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, he's a swing. Um, I think Russell Westbrook can be a swing because you can take Russell Westbrook and turn him into a specific punting strategy. Um, I think it's interesting to go Joel Embiid here. He's he's a good swing per game. He's he's incredibly high rated, um, and you can combine those guys. Westbrook and Ben Simmons is an interesting combination. Embiid and Westbrook is is an interesting combination. So you can really play with the turn here as much as you want because you have those pretty close back to back picks. Uh, but Tyler, I, I'm actually uh, you know I'm with you um, on the Dame Lillard pick. I might go Kawhi at number ten. But uh, I don't feel – I don't really don't feel wrong taking Dame at number 10. Right, and, and so if we're going to look past that, like I think you looked over a guy who I'd pick over most of the other guys you said, and that's Paul George. I just think Paul George this year without Carmelo Anthony, I mean, he's going to be elite in steals, right? He's going to be semi-elite in points. He's going to be pretty elite in three-pointers. He's going to be pretty elite in free throw percentage. He's going to give you good yeah. rebounds, good assists. Like, you know, you're telling me you can have Paul George or Joel Embiid. Like, give me Paul George. Sure, Joel Embiid might be better per game, but I feel pretty damn good about Paul George playing 75 games and Joel Embiid. Well, we've never seen Joel Embiid do that. Yeah, those are those are the 
the safe two choices around well, and, this and turn area. And and I, I think more power to you. Because if you blow if one of those guys blows their knee, goes out for the season, you saw with Kawhi last year, your season's pretty much ruined. Well, and here's the thing that I sort of like to do here, right? You mentioned take a swing. I I don't know that I'm gonna take Lillard and Paul George. Now if they're if they're the think I if they're the two best people I think are available, I'll take them, sure. But I like to kind of take a little bit of a shot and then some safety. So I might take Lillard and then I might take a shot on someone like Ben Simmons. Or I might take the shot on someone like Kawhi Leonard and then go with a little bit safer person like Paul George in round two. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think one of the guys that uh, is getting drafted here um, feels a little high to me is Victor Oladipo. Um, Right in that he's actually being drafted 12th in uh, ADP on Yahoo. Uh, He is being drafted over Kawhi, over Paul George, over Ben Simmons. And uh, while Victor Oladipo took a huge leap last year and he was an absolute stud, and he should be very, very good this year. Uh, We've talked about this in our Indiana preview and a couple other podcasts as well. Um, his steals and blocks went up a ton. And that, he got a, a lot of value out of just getting that extra half a block and that extra steal a game. If those go down, you know, by 20, 25%, he's more of a mid-second round player than a guy who you should be drafting on the turn. And we talked about this at the end of last year, when even like if you listen all the way back to our top 50 review, a good, list, they- a good listen, by the way. Uh, a lot of insight into last season that we've probably, even me and Tyler, have completely forgotten about. So Victor Oladipo finished, what, 10th last season, 11th? Like, mm-hmm. you're taking away all of the upside of Victor Oladipo, picking him at 11 or 12, because I think last season was his absolute ceiling. Like, I don't think he's going to get any better than that. We talked about those crazy jumps and the steals and blocks, and so – you know, I don't recommend picking any player his absolute ceiling very often, especially in this range where there's a couple guys that you can get that like a Kawhi Leonard who has the upside to be like the fourth or fifth or sixth best player. Uh, Victor Oladipo, you're picking him at his absolute peak. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Victor Oladipo has, and you know, maybe he'll prove us wrong, but I don't think he has that tier one type of talent in him. But never, well, say, and- I would say never say never, but I'm not going to bank on that going into this season. And there's another mouth to feed with Tyreek Evans there. And in regards to what you think about Tyreek Evans, like that's a player they didn't have last year, right? That Tyreek Evans can do things that Corey Joseph and a like of the guys that they had last season just can't do. Yeah. I love me some freak Tariq. I think he's being overlooked in drafts as well, but let's go to pick 15. Uh, we are going to be picking for Dame, uh, a running mate for Dame Lillard here in our 12, uh, team head-to-head draft here. So I'm going to have to tell you, Kawhi Leonard's off the board. Paul George is off the board. So that was very sad. Westbrook went off the board. And I'm going to maybe – I don't know if I should make it easy on you. I think I will. I'll say Victor Oladipo is off the board. So those four guys went boom, 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 boom. So you're All looking right. at Ben Simmons, Kimba Walker, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving. Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, you're looking in, in in that type of range for your next pick for Dame Lillard. So here's kind of how this is a little bit strange for me, and I don't think this happens very often in this range, but um, 
So I, I'm looking at three names, and one of them is very at the top of the ADP, and then two of them I think are two guys who are just being crazy overlooked that I'd have over almost all those other guys. Um, and, and maybe maybe Joel Embiid sneaks his, his way in there, and then we can talk about that. So you got the two Philly guys for me. You got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and then you got John Wall and Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And – you know, you can look at all the rest of the names in there if you want in your Yahoo ADP, the Kemba Walkers, the Kyrie Irvings, the Chris Paul, the Donovan Mitchell. Like, give me Jimmy Butler and John Wall over all those guys. So I'm, I'm 100% with you on that as well. Jimmy Butler is being overlooked. John Wall has been, has been forgotten too. And uh, I don't, I, I understand the John Wall thing. He was injured last year. And when someone gets injured then has a bad season, people tend to forget about them. Look at Kawhi Leonard. But – Jimmy Butler doesn't make too much sense to me. Jimmy Butler was very good last year. He was very good the year before that. Uh, maybe some people got burnt by owning him during playoff time when he was sitting because he was injured. But maybe the, the trade situation's scaring people off. But he was being drafted low before before the trade situation. So I'm not sure what's going on with Jimmy Butler. But he's usually a top 15 guy. Yeah, so then it kind of becomes how do we want to take our team and – I mean that there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. Um, as far as yeah. that goes, Dame's a good turnover has, has good turnovers for a guard. Obviously, he shoots a ton at a at for, around forty three, forty four percent. His steals aren't great, so you could go you could go in either direction. Uh, you could go with your big. It's hard to find bigs later, so you could go with your shot with Joel Embiid, or you could go uh, right, Jimmy, you know someone like Jimmy Butler who's and- underrated. Or you can go guard guard. And if if we're gonna take the swing, to me the biggest swing is is Joel Embiid. Right? If you want to take a swing on this turn because you feel like you're behind some of these other guys, I think you take Dame Lillard and you take Joel Embiid. And I think because- it's it's your last shot. At, I, I know there's people playing a head to head league. Drummond's gonna go. Rudy Gobert's gonna be off the board. And by the time you get down to your 34, 36 picks. Uh, you could actually – you're going to see um, Kevin Love off the board probably, and you might start – there might be an early center run as well. So this might be one of the few – your last chances to get a um, a center – an elite center locked up. I would say that on the board left by the time you pick again is going to be LaMarcus Aldridge, Clint Capella, Marcus Gasol, and then – after you get through that little run, you're picking in the Stephen Adams Hassan Whiteside bucket. Yeah, and I think that's really the theme that keeps coming across uh, as we as I've done mock drafts leading up to the season, as we've talked through these who do I drafts, is that there are basically center center sections. I'll call them. Uh, that's a lame. That's the lamest name possible, but. Um, these center sections, you got your top elite guys who you're either getting in the first or second round. You're, you have your um, second run of centers, your Gasol Horford guys that we're talking about who are uh, near the, um, I guess, end of the third, in, uh, beginning of the fourth. And then you have your guys who are in that 50 uh, to 60 range, your Cantors, Jonas Valanciunas, those guys that you got to reach down for. So um, I guess somewhere in between there and probably actually in the round three, four center run will be your John Collins, Jared Allen types. Uh, those are probably those guys at their ceiling. I know um, 
what DeAndre Ayton had a very one very good game, so everybody's freaking out about him. So I'm sure his stock is rising. So really, like finding the place where you're going to draft your center is is fairly important. He had that game against the Kings, gentlemen. Let's calm yeah. down. Let's all and ladies. If, if ladies yeah. are freaking out about it too, like let's just calm ladies, down, right, gentlemen? Chill out. It was against the Kings. I think I, I saw a tweet at one point. They played four of their centers at once. They had they line up where Marvin Bagley was relatively their shooting guard. Incredible. I'm um, uh, I'm I'm when everybody's zigging, they're going to be zagging. I I hope they play the four on five, like um, they they were talking about a couple years ago. I I like the tweet from the uh, the guy who's as a Kings fan who said, uh, "Don't don't watch the Mavericks, Kings fans. Don't watch the Mavericks." Yeah, don't do it. It's not. <laughs> Not a good idea. Atlanta too. Don't don't watch. Don't watch Dallas at all. Yeah, just eliminate that team from your league pass. Just cross them off. They do not exist. Um, so you are going to go Joel Embiid at the at the fifteen spot. Pretty good spot. He might not be around there, but um, I think based on ADPs, you know, there's a good chance that he is. Uh, good scorer. You bumped your rebounds up a lot. You got your blocks now, and. Um, you are still – I mean, you kind of just evened out your team a little bit. Um, so you're not really, like, hard punting anything at this point. There's nothing glaring and, out there that's, that, that shows that you should punt. But your steals are a little weak. Here's an important thing to say about Joel Embiid, right? So how many players, Mike, got over two blocks a game last year? Uh, I believe the answer is uh, two or possibly three. So it, it all depends on what, how you count uh, the, the number. Three people averaged it, but one only played a limited number of games in Kristaps Porzingis. So if you don't say that he qualified because he didn't play enough, I think he only played 48 games, um, it was only two. So you got to feel like Joel Embiid has the shot, right? He got 1.8 last year. Like He is in the elite bucket in that category. Absolutely. And so I'm feeling good about that category now, even though Dame really doesn't get me much. I'm feeling fairly good about my rebounds, about my assists, about my everything. Right? It's just kind of it's a it's a pick to even out a team and now I think I can go in pretty much any direction I want. I'll also say this, I think one of my elitist categories, my two elitist categories are probably points and three pointers. Because Joel Embiid gives you a pretty decent amount of three-pointers for a center. Yeah, your three-pointers are looking good, and uh, your points are definitely elite at this point. And your rebounds are pretty solid. Right, yeah. I mean, you're talking four and a half from a guy like Damian Lillard, which is pretty good for a point guard. And then I got the the massive 10, 11, 12 from Joel Embiid. So I'm feeling good about that. So I'm moving on to my third pick, feeling real good about a lot of categories. Yeah, I, I like this build so far. And we do this pretty um, standard. We we really do preach that don't start punting until your third round. I think if you go the route of uh, Westbrook Simmons here on the turn, you have punted uh, based on your first round pick. I would say I this. Think it's perfectly fine. But all those elite guys, you can match them with literally anyone in the second round. And you're ha- you have a strong team. With, with Westbrook, and, and we'll probably do Westbrook in his own pod because it's worth talking about. Westbrook really just pins you into a build. 
like immediately as soon as you take them you you know what categories you're going for and you know what categories you're not going for yeah and that means if someone takes your guys you're a little screwed but it also means you're going to be drafting players in the fourth fifth sixth round that other uh, the other teams are just not even going to be looking at at that point so um that can help you make a very very strong build but you are just pitching pitching holding yourself into that pump though. And I mean, it's just a decision you got to make and yeah. one you got to go with, right? It's just, it's just what happens. And I, I think we like to more adapt with the draft, understanding where other teams are going, what guys are falling to you. I mean, it'd be weird if it was like pick 50 and like Clay Thompson was still on the board because everyone's build, he didn't fit it. Like, you 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 really don't need you like if you're punting hard three pointers, Clay Thompson becomes like a 50, 60 ranked player. But it seems like fairly insane to be sitting there in like the fourth round and going, like, Clay Thompson's available and I can't pick him. Yeah, right. And and that's why I'm a big proponent of not really punting until that after that third. Yeah, sometimes you get some pretty nice steals just from the fact that people start punting from Bef- uh, the second they enter the draft. Right. So let's go to the third round. You are going to be picking, uh, once again on the turn, uh, 34th and 39th. Uh, this is a bunch uh, of our uh, normal, our regular old cast of characters here. Um, there's a big lump. This is kind of when uh, the tiers start widening, and you get a lot of guys who are fairly interchangeable so you're looking at uh i'm gonna guess clint capella is off the board but lamarcus aldridge uh marcus soul so you're still in that uh that second tier center range but you got your tobias harris's uh eric bledsoe's Miles turner al horford gary harris mike Connolly. um you're starting to get into the top of that next tier so you've basically missed out on most of the third tier there's a couple third tier guys left you're already kicking everybody in points. You're doing great on threes. You're doing great on rebounds. You could punt steals. You could go in a lot of different directions. Tyler, what what are you looking at here with your third and fourth picks? Now, see, I'm not going to punt cheese because there's a lot of guys right in this area who I like that are big steals guys. So I'm not going to punt cheese. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go for my steals guy here, probably wow. pretty quick. Um. And here's the thought process behind that. Like, I don't think I'm bad at steals. I don't think I'm good. I'm a little behind, probably. You're, you're behind in steals. There's a but, lot of elite steals there at the top, and you didn't get any of them. But I got two guys getting close to one a game. And so, sure, there's a lot of guys who got that with one player. I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that. But... If I go, I don't know, Eric Blitzo and Gary Harris right here, aren't I I right back in the fight? I mean, yeah, you would be with steals. Um, Eric Blitzo would help you with assists quite a bit. He's also a decent scorer. Uh, But this does change, that would change your outlook on uh, your percentages. Um, Kind of a weird combo, those two, Gary Harris and. and Bledsoe, Gary Harris being a very efficient player, but uh, uh, Bledsoe uh, not being terribly great when it comes to free throws. 
I'm actually looking at some some strangeness in this general area. Okay, I think that here, and we could talk about this if you want. This gets an area where there's a lot of guys that I'm I'm not in love with. Um, I'm always gonna look hard at Marcus All right, but yeah. I, I think it's a little too soon for guys like. Tobias Harris and Blake Griffin and Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray, right? Like, I think it's just a little too soon for them. Um, Jason Tatum, right? The upside of that is very tantalizing. But even still, like, that's a little high. Like, everyone else is kind of on that boat. So this is a little high to pick that player. And so then I'm into the Al Horford, Gary Harris types. You're almost looking at, like, since you already have a center – even if like Collins or Jared Allen fall to you, really they're not—they're not really people you want to target. Probably a, a decent amount of the good guys are off the board, and I, I'm kind of with you. Like Bledsoe and Harris are, and you know Jamal Murray, and maybe even um, someone like Tobias Harris. Those guys are kind of the standouts here. Miles Turner also another standout, a, a good block candidate uh, with great percentages. So for me, I, I think I'm gonna go for Bledsoe and and Gary Harris. I just feel good about those two players. And Bledsoe is maybe being a little underdrafted this year, right? Like if oh, you look definitely. At, if you look at Mark Roberts' rankings, uh, especially per game, Bledsoe comes in as the 28th ranked player. He's going here at pick 43. Um, I think there's real good value in that. I think he's gonna boost my points up even more. He's going to help me in three-pointers, which I'm feeling pretty good about. He helps me in rebounds. He helps me in assists. He helps me in steals. I still feel like with his half a block, I'm, I'm trending pretty well in that category, right? I'm obviously going to need another big man at some point, but I don't feel terrible about that category either. And then doubling down on Gary Harris, right? More points, more threes, a little bit of help in rebounds and assists. I feel like I'm I'm trending back up in steals. And so the two things I'm probably caring maybe the least about if I make that pick right now are, are my percentages, right? And so then we're kind of going with my kind of standard head-to-head build where percentages don't matter super much. But here's the other thing. Like, am I really that bad in percentages? No, I mean, not terribly bad. You're certainly not a lead in any of them, but you're not direct punting anything. You could argue a little bit that – um with uh, Damian Lillard is going to drag you in, in Eric Bledsoe, or well, not, maybe not Eric Bledsoe, but uh, Damian Lillard is going to drag you down. And with Eric Bledsoe, uh, Harris, and Embiid all being like okay, no one in the fifty plus range to to boost back up Lillard. That's probably your worst category right now. But I wouldn't consider it a, a punt build, uh, like a hard punt, a field goal. Your free throws are probably in the middle of the pack or maybe in the bottom half. But like you said, everything else, your threes are up now. Your steals are up now. Your points are super solid. Your rebounds are fine. Your blocks are probably okay. Um, so you're, you, and then I guess you're not caring too much about turnovers, but um, I'd say your turnovers aren't that great. Yeah. And I think if you pick on that turn, area you you can't care too much about turnovers and and here's why right like sure i could have gone for somebody like i don't know jimmy butler who's a lower turnover guy than joel Embiid, but at the same time like 
I got to swing somewhere and guys who are going to be high usage players and get points and things are going to usually have high turnovers. So yeah. Um, who, who cares? Turnovers so seem to be something you should always punt. So, but here's the thing. I think I'm trending in a, in a six to three punt build where I think I can win those six counting categories and I'm going to punt turnovers in the percentages. And I don't think I'm dead last in those percentages either. Yeah. I would say um, you're, you're maybe not, Number one in uh, any of those categories, points maybe might might be your best category here. Steals, you're probably pretty high up there, but you're going to be competing over eighty percent of the league in all six of those categories, and all you need is five. I might, I, I don't know. It depends on what teams got what, but I think I'm damn near the top in points. You're pretty close to the top in points. So you got that solidified. And really all you got to do is make sure you're competing in four of the other categories here, which the next two picks, you have a chance to make any of those um, six categories much, much stronger. But you're going to be picking at 58 and 63 here in the fifth and sixth rounds. Uh, and that usually means we are at the point where that that last um, center tier uh, Vujovic might be around still because people are uh, overlooking him a little bit, but he, he has a lot of strength in his percentages. Uh, you got Joe Ingles, Ricky Rubio around here. People are probably drafting Paul Millsap a little high. Uh, Tarion Prince, Josh Richardson, uh, your boy Jeff Teague, uh, Nico Miritich is hanging out around here. So, uh, which which one of these uh, stats are you gonna are gonna go for here on the next turn on the the five six turn? Oh, I mean, we, we talk about this range a lot, right? There's a lot of guys in here that are, are pretty good and pretty strong. Um, so if Vucevic is available, I, I, it's going to be hard to pivot away from him for this these reasons only, right? He's going to give me pretty damn good rebounds. going to give me like nine rebounds a game. He's going to give me like 15 points. He's going to give me a block and a steal, which is going to kind of boost both those categories a little bit. Now they're not like super elite, but – one and one. We talk about those guys who can do one, one and one, right? Three steal and a block. We switch is one of those guys, and so I, I think he's probably just kind of one of the best guys available at this point. Um, we talked about this in the first couple pods too. I like to get a point guard here because I think the point guards after this range dry up a little bit. So for me, uh, I'm looking at the the usual cast of characters: the Ricky Rubio, the Jeff Teague, the Chris Dunn. And so I'm probably going to go with Vucevic, and then I'm probably going to go with one of those other two guys. Let's say uh, Vucevic went in the earlier center run. Uh, probably a very good fit. You boost your rebounds, get that steal, block three. Um, are you worried about Vucevic's playing time at all in Orlando? No, because I think we've seen in the last couple of years Vucevic hasn't really played 30 minutes, and he's still been really good. So, you know, people can say what they want about Mo Bamba, but – in the draft process, like most of the experts were saying, they didn't think he'd be super ready to play from the jump, right? He's very skinny and very raw. And he's very, very raw. And he's got a lot of upside, sure. So last year, Vucic's contract. but And we've seen the Magic do things that didn't make the most sense before, but Vucevic is their best player. Like They can say whatever they want about Bamba and Aaron Gordon and whatever, whatever, like, Vucevic is consistently their best player. So I think that they'll pitch I think that they'll play Vucevic twenty eight to 
30 minutes a game and he'll be Vucevic. You know what I mean? He'll get you eight and a half to nine rebounds. He'll get you 15 points. He'll get you stealing a block and he'll be good. I think that's uh, a good point. Uh, his limit, his production limited minutes is always pretty solid. Um, but I'm so, going to say Vucevic is not available here, Tyler. So you got to make a different pick in round five here. So then I don't think I need two point guards, right? Cause I already got Lillard. So you got, Lil, uh, Lil, you got Bledsoe, you got Gary Harris. So I got two, I got two point guards. Um, and this may be another reason to pick Jimmy Butler is those, especially guys who can play small forward wing types, like they dry up a little quickly. Now, obviously I'm probably going to go for somebody like Jabari Parker um, in, in my next pick, such that he's available, which I think he will be. Um, so here I, it starts making me look at guys like Joe Ingles and maybe even Robert Covington, who I think is getting overlooked a little bit. And yeah. he's, he's down there a little bit further, right? Like you got those types who they're not going to be big scorers, but they're going to help me in rebounds and, and assists and steals. Would you look at Nico Miritich at all? Um, I'm definitely looking at Miritich. And the Miritich is a, he's kind of a little bit in some ways Vucevic light when we're looking at the six categories we're looking at. He gives you a lot more threes, but everywhere else he's kind of just a little bit worse than Vucevic. So, I mean, I, that's that's always a, an interesting. I love, um, me, I love me some Nico. You know that. An interesting type player. So because there's a couple point guards available, I'm, I'm going to probably go for somebody else first because I'm fine with getting any of those point guards, be it Teague, be it Rubio, whoever. Um, so for me, I would probably take Miritich and then I would pivot back and, and take Jeff Teague. I uh, just think he's underrated. And I think with the Jimmy Butler probably leaving, the Jeff Teague stock probably goes up in Minnesota. If Covington was available over Nico, would you take Covington over Nico? Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time not picking Robert Covington. I just think he does a lot of good stuff. And we don't really care about our percentages here too much at all. Right. And so, um, but there's a really close battle between two guys I really like. Um, that's a good question. I think I'd take Covington just because he's got an elite category and steals. Well, I took Vucevic away from you, so I'm going to give you Covington here, Tyler. So you're going to take Covington at the fifth pick and uh, old, solid, reliable Jeff Teague down at 63. Uh, the guy you 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 do cons- we both consistently reach down for. Um, we think obviously he's being overlooked. Um, he was overlooked last year. We thought I think he's even somehow being more overlooked this year with the fact that his role will increase with Jimmy Butler gone. Uh, Ricky Rubio is also being overlooked this year as well. You could go with either one of those guys. Yeah, and I feel good about both those guys. Just, I mean, I I don't know what some people are thinking in this general range that some of these other guys in this Lou Williams, right? Like, sure, Lou Williams was great last year, but how many minutes is Lou Williams really going to get in that? Clipper backcourtness, right? It's just so yeah, many. I, I don't know. And his his fall in the second half of last year was pretty pretty steep. Well, I, we I, saw I, him. I'm just not interested. We saw him be like a 70 to 80 player for how many straight years? Like, yeah, it and seemed he, like ten. He, he was a 70 and 80 player for those last few months of the season. He was just a top 25 player for the first few months of the season. So right, so, so that's even now. 
my point is, are you going to bet on 10 years or are you going to bet on three months? Like, I'll bet on 10 years. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, 100% and, with you. I'm, sticking away. I'm staying away from Lou Williams. And, and I'll just throw, throw a couple other names that are in this range that I'm not jumping on the bandwagon on. Like, Jared Allen. Say all you want, man. If you're going to make me pick Jared Allen in the top 60, like, I'm out. I just don't see the upside of that. Yeah, sadly, Jared Allen and uh, and John Collins are going to be out. Uh, probably out of your draft at this point. We we keep saying it, and I'll, I'll continue to say it. We're going to do a sleepers episode, and I would like to just tell you right now, if your sleepers list contains Johnny Collins and, and Jared Allen, you do not have a sleepers list. I have penciled in a few names just recently on my sleepers list. Oh, Tyler, come and prepare it. I like that. I even got I even got two lists. I got sleepers, right, which are guys I think you should pick. That are either you know that are getting real overlooked, People and then I got what I like to call deep sleepers, which means I'm not saying you draft this guy in a standard league. I'm saying if he gets the minutes that are you know 28 minutes, this guy you want to pick up asap. He might be not be getting it at the beginning, but this he's on the pick. He's on the watch list, my team watch list. I like that. If he gets me the minutes, man, I'm going to my watch list and going add add add. So, yeah, I'd say those are some podcasts to definitely look forward to. Uh, we are going to probably get the actual posting of those sleepers out on patreon.com slash watching the boxes exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, so the list will be out there ahead of time. You'll get uh, early access to those sleepers lists before we do the sleepers podcast. You already got early access to the ranking of the tiers for Roto Leagues. Um, so that early access before we do that podcast as well. Uh, just to reiterate, we were picking on the turn here. Tyler went Dame Lillard at number 10, followed by taking a big swing with Joel Embiid, uh, looking really good at points, solid in threes. Um, Bledsoe Harris with two point guards back-to-back, uh, kind of shying away from those blocks at this point, but a uh, huge boost in threes, big boost in steals. Your points are uh, super solid. And that allowed you to go with uh, Covington with your, your fifth-round pick at, at pick 58. Uh, Across-the-board guy, now your steals are looking really, really good. Your threes are looking really good as well. Uh, your rebounds are solid. Your assists are, are pretty good. Um, and then you went with uh, either Jeff Teague or Ricky Rubio. I'm actually kind of liking Rubio a little bit more in this build, but – I don't think it matters too much there, and you get your assists back right there. Sounds like you're going to be a little bit weaker in blocks than you cared to be earlier in the draft by getting um, Joel Embiid. But you're not um, completely punting blocks at all. We decided to not care about our field goal percentages here with this Dame build, and that kind of makes sense. He does set up for that, but until we got to that third or fourth round, we really weren't sure what we were going to do. That's a pretty – Good build on the turn, Tyler. Yeah, and it's just a team with a lot of upside, too, I think, that could, you know, pop a little bit, be a little bit better, right? I think I got some value picks later on there, and I think that there's still going to be some value I can nab in the later rounds and really make this a team that can win the league, even though I'm picking with one of the last picks in the round. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a center uh, fell a little bit. Maybe you went Nico Miritich instead of uh, Bob Covington or maybe Nico fell even to the 65th pick and Chris Dunn still available on your next pick. There's a lot of different ways these, uh, these things can go. 
but you you got that solid uh, base of high upside guys at the top um, and, and really solidifying five to almost six categories here. Um, a, a build that we've been recommending is to, you know, not hard pun anything and go after, you know, three categories really, really well and two categories, two to three categories where you're going to be competing in those as well. So um, very, very good build. Uh, we are going to be back very soon with another Who Do I Draft. We're going to try to get all these in before you guys are drafting. And if you've got feedback for the show, you got questions for your draft, uh, or there's just content that you want to hear, reach out to us on Twitter. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. That's W-A-T-T-S for Watts. And uh, we, we'll take any of the feedback you got. Check out the Patreon. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you soon.